When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The song's missed that, Rooney's got him behind, it's Rooney, and Mata can finish it and does. Manchester United ahead, horrible mistake by the song, and it could be very, very costly for Norwich, but that was the moment Manchester United have been waiting for. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 18 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Classic Football Shirts. This week we'll be discussing a nice, if unimpressive, win in the Norfolk Sun as we look ahead to a midweek tie at West Ham United and the final league game of the season. Who knows how it's come so soon. Jack, I was in Norwich in the sun enjoying the game. Um, definitely wasn't a classic. Nothing to match Sunderland's dramatic win against Chelsea or Leicester lifting the title. But, I mean, I guess it's fine. A win's all you need at this stage of the season. Absolutely. It was could turn out to be a really, really important win as well. Really uninspiring, terribly dull game. But at the end of the day, we came away from Carrow Road with, with the three points and that's what we needed to do. It won't be remembered as a as a great game for, for any length of time, but we got the three points. We now move on to West Ham, which looks to be a massive, massive game now. Yep, last ever game at the Bullion Ground, and we're recording this about an hour after Arsenal have gone away to Manchester City and drawn 2-2. First time I've ever supported Arsenal in my life. I don't know how Louis van Gaal has brought me down to this horrendous low <laughs> of um, needing to rely on Arsenal to get top four. Anyway... We now hold top four in our hands. City can't do anything. We just need to win two games. Yeah, that that game at the Berlin ground is going to be huge. A few good performances, but no one really standing out. I thought Chris Smalling was very good. He just won Players Player of the Year at the awards. And a very good performance from him. De Gea made an excellent save with his knee at one point. He was pretty good. But apart from that, just uh, an average game. Yeah, it was strange, actually, in, in the sense that no one really stood out. Because even in sort of our dire performances this year of which there has been too many to uh, to remember there's always been kind of one or two that have stood out a little bit more than others but as you said there really wasn't many stand-up performances I did think Smalling had a good game although the defense generally looked quite shaky at times yeah it, it was it was a strange game in that sense everyone just looked a little bit off the pace a little bit lethargic we got a bit lucky that we that we didn't concede a goal from kind of Umbakani's numerous chances although as you said De Gea made a really good save in the first half but yeah, we, a game that I could easily see going to 90 minutes is just nil-nil. Both teams leaving Cairo disappointed not to get a win. But luckily, we had that one one moment of Besson's idiocy. I had no idea what he was doing. And then uh, I thought Rooney had messed up the chance when he decided to turn back. But a great little pass to Mata. And at the end of the day, that's all that mattered in the end. Yeah, all that mattered. <laughs> under the pun there. I saw someone tweet sensibly. It's the sort of result that keeps Van Gaal in his job, but the performance that shows why he shouldn't keep his job, which sums it up quite well. If both sides could finish, probably would have ended 3-2 to United. We didn't really deserve to win, but Rooney's... I, I assume that he got a call from Juan Mata, and if he didn't, he just messed up the chance. A few sort of standout moments apart from the goal. And Herrera, a, a beautiful turn. And it's the goal against Everton that got us into the FA Cup final was when he was on the floor and stuck his leg out to get an assist. And he did, he almost did the same against Norwich. He just dives in to start an attack. I don't, I don't know how he does it. And then Cameron Borswick-Jackson, the ball was on the line and he slid in to win a corner. Just a bit of tenacity from a few of the players, but 
really not much to talk about. A few injuries, though. We started off quite poorly, very slow, very quiet start. Difficult to start like that when someone has got injured in the warm-up. I think it must have been seven or eight minutes before the match started. Because it was Anthony Martial, the entire front six really had to change position. So I think that affected it hugely. Definitely. It was, I couldn't believe it when I saw that he was injured in the warm-up again. Obviously, the second time it's happened this season now. It must have disrupted it massively, yeah. And especially for Rooney, because obviously he was, not only was he going to be playing in midfield, he probably would have been the deeper one out of him and Lingard as well. So he really had to change what he was doing. I thought, credit to Herrera, actually, I thought he had one of his better performances of the season, despite not being in the starting eleven at first. So I thought, I thought he did well. I think it, it just shows how, how reliant we are on kind of versatile players at the moment. We don't really have too many players that are thriving in their specialist position at the moment. Everyone is kind of, cobbled together playing wherever we need them at whatever given time it would have been a lot nicer just to see a straight swap and I saw a lot of people criticizing Van Hal for, for not taking Marcus Rashford and you know saying oh look at him now we, we need him now but that's the kind of thing you can't plan for the kind of eventuality you never expect is going to happen and I actually think it was right to rest Rashford he's played a lot of games recently and just giving him that game off taking him out the spotlight a little bit I think it was the right decision. I mean, Louis van Gaal has become one of the biggest scapegoats in football for anything that happens, really. Yeah, and to, to rest Daily Blind, definitely a right decision. We play on Tuesday, not Wednesday. Blind's played almost every single minute this season, and as has Rashford since he broke through into the team. So, sensible there, yeah, you can't guess that Martial's going to pick up an injury in the warm-up. On to Matteo Darmian. It looked like an Achilles injury to me. It didn't seem to be contact that caused it, more the, the falling over after he gave away a free kick, actually. It looked really, really innocuous, honestly. But sometimes that can actually be worse because, you know, if it's just a simple impact injury, it can be quite, or not quite easy, but easier to heal. So I hope it's nothing too serious. Although, whether he will be doing his recovery at Man United in the summer is is another matter. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what Louis van Gaal does in, in the next game. I assume that Rojo will just move back to, to left-back and David Lim will slot in at centre-back. Um, but... I wonder if he'd be tempted to play Cameron Borthwick-Jackson. Obviously, I know it's it's a big game, but he's been trusted in big games before. I think back to the, the winner Anfield earlier in the season where he played really, really well. So I just wonder whether Van Gaal might be tempted to do that after Rojo's poor form recently playing at left-back. Yeah, Borthwick-Jackson also played at Stamford Bridge. Not the greatest result, but he also played there. Van Gaal clearly trusts him, and he should have been back in the team sooner because Rojo has been in abysmal form most of the, uh, since Borthwick-Jackson has been dropped. On to Memphis Depay. A lot of criticism of, for him on social media. I was at the game. I thought he was all right, actually. Some really good hold-up play. He showed his strength really well. And uh, a few dodgy decision issues that we so often see with Memphis. But there's been so many poor players this season. And it seems that one of our youngest and most talented is getting a huge amount of blame when people like Mata, Herrera, Rojo, Damian are getting much less. And actually... Memphis has had huge blows to his confidence with the way that Van Gaal's handled him. And occasionally, very occasionally, he's performed well. And it just seems like fans have turned on what could be an incredible player for us already, which seems very strange to me. Yeah, it must be so disheartening for Memphis to know that not only does the manager appears to not trust him, but the fans are getting on his back so much as well. I don't think he was awful yesterday. He wasn't didn't set the world alight, but he didn't do anything massively wrong 
Um, I, I still go back to that defeat at Stoke on, is it Boxing Day? When he obviously made that awful mistake when he tried to head it back to De Gea, led to a, a goal for Stoke. But I just think the decision to drop him straight after that game, although kind of appearing like an easy decision for Van Gaal, could have actually just had such a detrimental effect because in a situation like that where it is just a one one incident, it wasn't he didn't he wasn't particularly awful that game. I mean the whole team was terrible. And I just think in a situation like that, dropping him actually has such a detrimental effect. And now I think we're seeing that Memphis' confidence is down because he, he feels like he's not trusted by the manager. He feels like the fans are on his back all the time. And I think it shows that when he plays, especially when he comes off the bench, he just he's trying to impress too much and he's trying so hard to to make Louis Van Gaal stand up and notice him that it ends up going wrong. And I think that is partly why his decision-making can be so bad at times. And uh, another player that's lost a lot of confidence under Van Gaal, Adnan Yanazai, he got ready to come on twice and uh, <laughs> got sat back down twice. I, I mean, Martial was sitting on the bench and absolutely pissing himself laughing. And Yanazai laughed it off as well, but after missing so many games, not getting a chance, playing in the under-21s, uh, he, he's looking a bit disinterested in the under-21s, really. And he's about to get a chance twice and Van Gaal just shouts at Fosimensa, very, very loudly in uh, Dutch <laughs> to be quick <laughs> and, and brings him on instead of Yanazai. Probably sensible, but I mean, it's just a, another blow to Yanazai who really is looking like he won't make it United. Absolutely. I'd be very, very surprised to, to see both Louis van Gaal and Adnan Yanazai still at Man United come the start of next season. Whether that be a permanent move or, a lo- or another loan for Yanazai remains to be seen. But to be fair to van Gaal, when Yanazai has had chances, with the exception of maybe two games at the start of the season, I think. Yanazai really, really hasn't impressed. He hasn't really gone on from that initial breakthrough under David Moyes. And I think for him to be able to make a successful career at United, he needed to, to push on from that admittedly excellent starting point. Um, and it just hasn't happened. I think the comments from the Dortmund coaching staff were quite damaging as well in that they appeared to say that Yanazai wasn't willing to to work hard enough to become a top player. And I think if that kind of attitude is, is true, then especially with a man like Van Gaal in charge, I would be extremely surprised to see Yanazai still here. It was a very typical performance. So much possession, mainly on the right side. It's just, we've seen it so many times and there hasn't really been progress from other games. And it, it it's a win. And I think it was simply made better just because of the fact it was sunny and everyone was feeling good. But really, going into a tough game at West Ham and a tough game at Bournemouth, you will be coming to Old Trafford for the first time in ages, looking to prove a point and finish their season, an excellent season that is, on a high. It, it doesn't fill you with huge confidence. Not at all. I, I think that's all we really want as, as fans, especially in a season like this where we know we didn't have a, a great season last year. We just about scraped fourth place we wanted to just see some kind of progress from the start of the season and the back end of last season to where we are now and and I can't say that there's really been any I think that the football has got worse results haven't improved the only thing that you'd say that that looks up is the fact that we have a, a few really promising youngsters but for me that's the most disappointing thing I wouldn't have minded if the football wasn't great if it looked like we were making progress in terms of results or vice versa if Perhaps the results were, were the same as last season, but the football would improve. But neither has happened. And I think that's what's annoying the fans more than anything. I think that's why there's so much animosity towards Van Gaal at the moment. Someone found the top 10 seasons of least goals. And currently, this season has been the sixth lowest amount of goals for United in a, in a league season. With two games to play 
And any other time we've had a season with a goal tally like this, we've been relegated or finished 10th or lower. I mean, two of those seasons did come under Alex Ferguson, but it just it's getting tiring now because a 1-0 win over Norwich, a team who look very much like going down, who create chances and don't actually look that bad, but cannot finish. And it seems like a 1-0 win against Norwich is a, is a good thing. And we're having to rely on Arsenal, like Arsenal, to get top four. If we do get top four, would you still keep him? Honestly, no. Like, like I said, it's, it's all about improvement for me. I, I wouldn't have minded finishing fourth if, say, the whole league in general had an amazing season and you could see a clear improvement in what we'd done. But there just hasn't been. I don't think... I can't see a way forward with Van Gaal still in charge. I, I think he's done as much as he can with this team. I do just want to add, though, that even though I do think Van Gaal needs to go, I'm not disparaging what he's done because although we all dislike him now and we have been bored to tears at times due to the football that we've played you have to also commend him for the way that he's handled kind of the potentially toxic atmosphere in the dressing room what with results not being great and also the way that he's brought through some young players but I can't see us improving under him now and I do think it's time for him to go even if we do win the get the top four and even if we do win the FA Cup yeah I think it's it's exactly that. I think he actually has done a lot more than people recognise with bringing through these youngsters, implementing a style of play that has been incredibly dull, but in my opinion has improved quite a few of our players, made them tactically more astute, if you like. Despite that, I think that the key thing is that we've gone as far as we can with him, and I'd really like to see him just put his hand up after he wins the FA Cup, hopefully, and gets us top four, which would be a very, very slight improvement on last season and walk away into the sunset and retire. And that would seem like the perfect thing for, for me. Timothy Fosu-Mensa um, came on in midfield for the last five minutes um, instead of Yanavai. And I think he, he looked really good there. And I think he's got to carry on in midfield. You think the same? Yeah, I'd like to see him play there a little bit more. Um, I know that he is capable of doing of doing so. And I think, why not? We've, we've given enough chances to young to young players this season. Fosimens has proved that he can handle Premier League football without a shadow of a doubt. And now it's all about finding where he fits best. And if there is a possibility that might be in midfield, then absolutely I think we should play in there. I guess for him, pre-season next year will be the biggest kind of opportunity for him to, to show that. Because I, I assume he won't obviously get many chances now with only three games left and all three being very, very big games. There's no really, not really any room to experiment. But pre-season next year I assume he will get played in midfield quite a bit and that will really be his his opportunity to show whoever the manager is that that's where that's where he should be playing well after that Norwich game Louis van Gaal admitted he'd be supporting Arsenal against Manchester City now finished 2-2 and as we've discussed that helps us hugely so Louis will be pleased Juan Mata admitted that injuries to Anthony Martial in the warm-up and Matteo Damian in the first half had an impact on our start to the game, which was poor. The Spaniard also went over at the end of the game, having been about to leave the pitch to the away fans and made a kid's day by taking a photo with him and talking to him and his dad on the pitch, which was fantastic to see. Louis van Gaal attempted to lower expectations at Manchester United in our annual awards. He also called himself one of the best managers in the world. Impressive confidence from the Dutchman. Moving on to those awards, Chris Smalling was voted as Player's Player of the Year, although many voted for his defensive partner, Daley Blind, including Captain Wayne Rooney. Cameron Borthwick-Jackson was named Under-21 Player of the Year. David De Gea picked up the Sir Matt Busby Player of the Year award, voted by fans, and Marcus Rashford was named Under-18 Player of the Year, although that may have been swayed by his first-team performances. We've spoken about Memphis already, and Iron Robin has backed him to succeed. 
He reminded United fans that Memphis is still young and like many others, it will take him time to adjust from PSV Eindhoven to Manchester United and the tough Premier League. I fully back what Robin has said and hopefully people will take notice because it's worth noting that no one by a select few has been good this season and Memphis just needs another season to settle fully. Then he can be properly judged. Another young player more successful though, Anthony Martial, says he's targeting more goals next year and isn't feeling the pressure of his £50 million price tag. There was no Fellaini against Norwich City and he won't be able to play for the rest of the league season due to a three-match ban for his elbow on Robert Hooth against champions Leicester City. He'll be back for the FA Cup final, although Louis van Gaal has warned him about his conduct. Marcus Rashford, such as being his rise, won't be allowed to go to the Toulon tournament with England's under-21 side because of the FA Cup final on May the 21st. He's been compared to Ronaldo by the man himself. That's fat Ronaldo, not Cristiano. Andreas Pereira will be allowed to play for Brazil's Olympic squad at their home games this summer, despite it clashing with United's start to the season. In other international news, Timothy Fosumente has received his first senior call-up for the Netherlands and been rumoured to be targeted by Ghana, where his parents are from, for a call-up. It's great news for him and hopefully he can continue to be played in midfield for United and the Netherlands, where he came on as a sub against Norwich. So Bobby Charlton said he was extremely proud to receive the UEFA Merit Award for all he's done for football. And in transfer news, Felipe Anderson won't join United this summer, according to his sister, who, more importantly, is his agent as well. Manchester United are about to unveil our new away kit. It's blue and is based on our 1968 European Cup winning away shirt, where we beat Benfica 4-1 in the final at Wembley. We'll wear it at the Cup final at Wembley, the new Wembley that is, on May the 21st and possibly our last home game of the season, which seems ridiculous. In youth news, our under-21 side beat Chelsea 1-0, supposedly the best academy in the country, against our failing academy. To be fair to Ed Woodward and our new sort of non-footballing board, the academy and structural issues are improving and it's not so failing anymore. Although uh, we did cover in Series 1, Episode 3, about how poor the state of the academy was. Matty Willock scored the goal in that game and Axel Twanzabe looked good in midfield, having usually played in central defence. And Jack Carver, our lone player, has been doing ups and downs for James Wilson, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. James Wilson, he played 45 minutes for Brighton, scored a last gasp goal last week to secure Brighton a draw, which in the end didn't really have any effect. Played 45 minutes this weekend. Unfortunately for him, Brighton only managed to draw, which meant that they didn't secure automatic promotion to the Premier League. But they do still have a chance to do the playoffs, so... Hopefully he can feature in the playoffs and have a say in, in Brighton, potentially coming up to the Premier League. In a similar vein, Ashley Fletcher, he will be playing in the playoffs for Barnsley. He played 78 minutes this weekend and he won a penalty in that 78 minutes as well. Barnsley are now in the League One playoffs. So hopefully we may see two promotions for United's loanies. Um, there was also success, well, I say success, for Tyler Blackett who was part of the Celtic, I guess, club. He was not really part of the squad that have won the Scottish Premier League now. Uh, but Blackett re- has remained frozen out for a long, long time now. So, in fact, I'm not even sure if he'll get a medal for the amount of games that he's played. But, yeah, I mean, he's still part of Celtic, so good for him. The other ones, Nick Powell's still injured. Hull did win 5-1, and they're also in the Championship playoffs. I don't actually know how long Nick Powell is out for. If he is back during the playoffs, we could see James Wilson beat Nick Powell in the playoff final. I assume if he was injured for that long, he would have just been recalled, but we'll see. And Kieran O'Hara was an unused sub for Morecambe. They drew 1-1, finished 21st in League 2. Everyone else has already been recalled or finished their season. Good for you in the playoffs. And Ashley Fletcher won the Johnson's Paint Trophy early this season. Uh, former United player Richie Delat managed to win promotion to the Premier League with Middlesbrough 
and win the Premier League in the same day, which was uh, particularly impressive. <laughs> We've got a few questions this week. Uh, at Brandon Sire one says, what's your opinion on Carrick? It seems he isn't getting a new contract at the club. Do you think he should or not? We discussed this a few uh, weeks ago, I think, and he's played a uh, quite an important role since then, really. For me, I think he should be given a new contract, but it should be a one-year extension rather than a, a full contract. And perhaps with a, an inclusion on the coaching staff like Ryan Giggs did in his final year, if we do decide not to give him a, a contract, then I'm sure there'll be plenty of suitors. I think it, it's tough because there's such a lack of experience in our squad. You've got Rooney and Carrot, the only uh, remaining members of that 2008 winning team. And perhaps looking back on experience is uh, not the best thing to do when you're trying to move forward as a club. But especially if we're getting a new manager in, uh, then you really need someone like Carrick to, to be in charge of that dressing room alongside Rooney. I think it, it partly the fact that he's not been offered a new contract says something about the, the lack of decision from the board on Van Gaal slash Mourinho, etc., etc. The fact that perhaps they're holding off until either Van Gaal is staying properly or Van Gaal is going and Mourinho or someone else is coming in. Yeah, it does appear that way. For someone who's been a great servant to the club for so long, it surprised me that there's been no announcement yet. And I think that, again, just it signals to me that they are waiting to make some sort of decision on who the manager's going to be next season. Yeah, I agree, though, about... Carrick earning a, a year contract extension I think we have been quite critical of him before and, and, and rightly so I think he has had some some really bad performances this season but recent weeks he has he has done very well he's made a pretty good partnership with Rooney actually since Rooney came back from injury and I think it would be quite good if that could carry on and as you said experience it, it could only be a great help we've mentioned how you know the future looks looks really exciting because we do have some genuinely great or great looking young players anyway and I think having someone like Carrick there will just help to help them to settle in and help them to develop a little bit more um, because Rooney can't do everything himself and obviously with his duties as captain that kind of cuts down some of his time as well. It actually wouldn't surprise me if Carrick isn't given a contract extension. It wouldn't surprise me to see him go off and join a team in the MLS similar to Lampard or, or Ashley Carl or Steven Gerrard. Yeah, I guess it would be a, a nice little end to his career in the sun in America but I mean, you look at John Terry not being offered a contract at Chelsea and whatever people say, perhaps people haven't noticed his quality, but Michael Carrick has been a, a truly a great servant to the club, Champions Leagues, uh, Premier League, and hopefully he can add the FA Cup to that. And then perhaps he will think, well, I've won everything there is to win here. Now I can end my career in peace in a slightly easier league and avoid the another transition period that we might have again if Van Gaal leaves. Another question from man like Juan he says, do we have a chance to top four? He says, personally, he thinks that we'll bottle it against West Ham. Clearly, we do have a chance to top four now um, with City drawing against Arsenal. It, it's fully in our hands. It's just a question of whether we're going to beat West Ham or not, isn't it? Totally, yeah. That game will, for a while, until West Ham's capitulation against Swansea yesterday, which was amazing. Um, it did look like it may end up being a fourth-place playoff, pretty much, and it would have been if Man City had lost today instead of drawn. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a massive game, obviously. Upton Park will be rocking the, the last ever home game at Upton Park and they won't want it to be a repeat of what happened at the weekend. So I hope, I hope that we can pull out a performance. We've been very good in big games, not just this year, but last year as well under Van Hull. And this certainly is a big game. So hopefully we can uh, pull out a good performance. It would just be so like Manchester United of this season, though, to, uh, 
to beat West Ham and then lose at home to Bournemouth on the final day, wouldn't it? We need six points if City beat Swansea on the final day of the season, four points if they draw to Swansea, and just the three if they lose to Swansea. So if I'm predicting the next two games, which we won't preview in full because the West Ham game is so soon, but if I'm predicting the next two games, I'd say we'll beat West Ham 2-1. Optimistic that, just because so much emotion I, I hope that we can capitalize on that instead of letting it play on our minds as well although it is a, a shambles of a league given that we can somehow be in the Champions League next season I think we'll beat West Ham 2-1 and then I think we'll draw 0-0 to Bournemouth and City will draw to Swansea and we'll scrape top four <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing really isn't it to think that we are two wins away from guaranteeing a spot in the Champions League after how horrific a lot of our season has been and it's interesting because if you'd have offered, well, certainly if you'd have offered me, and I think if you'd have offered most United fans top four and an FA Cup win at the start of the season, they would have gladly taken it. But the season has just been so terrible in places that although the end result may be good, what happened in between is it, it, it just doesn't make up for it at all. It's also because at the start of the season, we assumed Chelsea were going to be this dominating force in English football for the next five or ten years under Mourinho and that he was going to build a, a, a Ferguson-esque dynasty and we believe that Pellegrini was going to be challenging for City, Arsene Wenger would be challenging for Arsenal and we looked at Tottenham and thought well that's a decent side as well they'll also be good and now you see how poor the rest of the teams have been except Tottenham and Leicester and I think that also plays on people's minds because they think it's not one of our best sides if we'd been one of our our worst winning title sides we we could have won the league this year because of the the lack of opposition for the title except Leicester and Tottenham so I think that plays on people's minds but yeah if you'd offered top four in an FA Cup win at the start of the season and I think most people would have taken it I think it's just a terrible football and the the fact that we might manage to get top four the way we've managed to do so it, it that plays on people's minds at Rojanaldo asks, what are your thoughts on the form of Antonio Valencia since he came back from injury? Would you keep him in the summer? We discussed this, I think, on the managerial special about Valencia, saying that he could be considered Deadwood. But since he's come back from his injury, he's actually performed very well, being a very solid right back and putting a few good crosses for Martial to finish against Leicester. And he's looking much better than he did before. So I'd keep him. Another experienced player like Michael Carrick, not quite the same. The whole team seemed to get on well with him. And guess he's one of those squad players that you're going to need, especially in either the Champions League or Europa League, particularly the Europa League when you need a lot of players because of the Thursday games. I totally agree. I think Valencia does need to stay, definitely. He's been a really good servant to the club. Whatever position, whatever situation, whatever capacity that we've needed him in, he's always stood up and done what we've asked him. And he's always performed to a decent standard as well. He's never pretended to be a world beater. He's never pretended to be something that he's not. He, he's just a very honest, willing player and it's great to see him back in the team playing to a decent standard. I think, honestly, I think we all have to admit that he has been better than Darmian at right back, at least better than Darmian has been recently. So yeah, I definitely think he should stay. And again, not as first team player necessarily, but as a squad player, we know that he can do a job if needed. And like you said, especially in the Europa League, if God forbid that does happen, then he could be really, really important. Another question from at mine like Juan says, do you think Van Gaal's job will be saved if we finish top four? I'm not too sure. Originally, I thought that top four would have secured it whatever happened. In the David Moyes season, when he got sacked, it was because he didn't get top four. But I think the non-footballing board 
are so don't don't care about the the footballing side of things so much because they've created this commercial monster that perhaps they'll accept that we don't need Champions League football for a season and they'll follow through with Van Gaal's three-year plan because they're, they're good chums with him. So I think it, even if we finish outside the top four, I think Van Gaal could continue, such as the nature of the way the clubs run. I think if we do finish top four, it, it, again, it's not certain because of the the lack of, sort of decision-making within the board. There's some opposed to Mourinho, like Sir Bobby Charlton, and some who are good friends with Van Gaal, like Edward Woods and the Glazers. So it's a it's a battle for power within the football club boards and the non-football club board, the commercial side of things. For the fans, I don't think it'll be safe if he finishes top four. People have just had enough. And like we said earlier in the first half of the of the episodes, that it's just he's taken us as far as he can so he can move on. I think it totally depends what the board believes the future is under Van Hull. And I mean that not so much from a footballing perspective as from a business perspective, um, and as much as I hate to admit it, the football club is one from a business perspective. Well, maybe with the exception of one or two, but generally are just focused on the brand of Manchester United and how we can best generate income. And obviously, the best way of doing that is to always be in the Champions League. So I think if they believe that we will get Champions League football next season under Van Hal, then I think he will stay. Um, and I think he will stay actually regardless of, of whether we win the FA Cup. I think the, the top four is the one that will swing it either way. Like you said, the fans, I, I don't think the fans, whatever happens, will, even if we play brilliant football in the next three games, we get top four, we win the, win the FA Cup and, and we win every game four or five nil. I don't think anything will, will kind of change the fans' opinion now. It's all about the board and what they think is the best way forward from a business perspective. Mourinho does seem like the only realistic option. And I think it, depends whether the board feel that they can get something out of Mourinho again from a business perspective because obviously if they brought him on on say a five-year contract which I'm sure they would never do but if they did they could well be looking at a, a 20 million pound payout to sack him after three seasons it just depends what the board think is right from a business perspective I hope that he does go and that we do get someone in who can really take us forward and take us to the next level yeah, because the sacking Van Gaal, the, the report this week, would cost £5 million. And Mourinho is asking for a wage far higher than Van Gaal's. And perhaps he wouldn't accept the, the structure of it because Van Gaal's agreed that he gets paid less if we don't get Champions League football and he gets certain add-ons so that his wage is actually probably half of what it is if he's very successful. So I'm not sure Mourinho would accept that or Jorge Mendes would accept that. So it's difficult. I said we wouldn't preview the Bournemouth and West Ham game in full, but just a quick prediction on West Ham first and then Bournemouth. I'm going to say a win for both, actually. I'm going to be optimistic. I'll say 2-1 against West Ham and then a boring 1-0 against Bournemouth to get the job done. I'm going 2-1 against West Ham as well, but a 0-0 against Bournemouth that we still get top four as City draw to uh, Swansea. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? (laughs) That's all we have time for today. If you have any more questions, tweet us or email us to get them answered next week. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at UTDTates, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at HarryRobinson64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod P-O-D. Thanks for listening to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Classic Football Shirts. Next week, we'll be reviewing the end of the league season and looking ahead to the cup final. See you then. Goodbye. <laughs>
Podcast Network.